And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And today we're going to start out once more with prayer. We thank you, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, that we're able to stand here today, that we're able to pray to you, and we're able to have you hear us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer today, that we seek your will in our lives. We seek, Lord, that you would help us change our hearts and our thinking to your thoughts and your ways and not our own, that we may adopt your ways, walk in your steps. And Lord Jesus, as you said in your scriptures, that we should do the same works and greater than you even as you go to the Father, because you go to the Father. And when you went to the Father, you sent your Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And we have the blessing today of not just your Holy Spirit within us, which is amazing in and of itself, but also you and the Father, Lord. You are all within us as one, and we are one within you. And Lord, I thank you today that as we go, you go. As we lay hands on the sick, it is you laying hands on the sick inside of us. It is you seeking to reach your creation in whom you paid dearly for, to, for them to be reconciled back to you. Because, it, Lord, it is you, the hope of glory in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, as your scripture said. We bless your holy name today. We thank you. And we thank you for hearing our hearts and responding to us, seeking you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving you. And we seek to hear your voice even clearer today, Lord, that we may have a closer relationship with you because we are your sheep and we know your voice. We hear your voice. And we thank you today, Lord, that as we reduce the volume of all distractions in our lives, we are able to hear your voice clearer. But it is not you who are not talking to us. It is, Lord, us who are, who are succumbed to distractions in our lives of various kinds that are louder than your voice. So, Lord, we thank you for persisting in wanting to reach us today, and we thank you for allowing us to hear your voice and be led by it. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to uh, continue with Colossians 2, but not before we uh, just want to reiterate some of the truths about who you are in Christ as a believer. And remember that we uh, talked last week about the first John, book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Each of you born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. I want to encourage you today that in Christ, you have overcome the world. You cannot overcome the world outside of Christ because you cannot do anything under your own strength. The one thing that you have control over is your will to say yes or no to different things. And God has paid dearly for us to know the truth, to be set free from all chains or bondage, and to know the truth so that our yes will be lined up with his yes. In God, everything is yes and amen. Amen? And so this is what we need to accomplish. We need to accomplish an understanding of the truth of the word of God about who we are in Christ and to do as Jesus would do in through us. Amen? Everything that he did, we can do in him. But he is the one that heals. We are the one that lays hands. We are the ones that speak the truth, and God does 
the miracles to line up with what we declare if we believe what we say will come to pass and not doubt in our hearts. Amen. So we are overcoming the world and we have overcome the world in Christ because Jesus is the one. Christ is the one that's overcome the world. So in him, we have overcome the world too. And the victory, according to the scripture in 1 John 5, 4, the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. So it is not good for us to speak something and not believe what we say will come to pass because it won't. The, the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. And your faith is the ability to believe God for, uh, and, and believe his word. And you can stand on God's word because he has never failed his word. He even places his word above his own name. And so today we can trust in God's word, but not just trust that the word of God is true. We must use it to the benefit of mankind, humankind. We must go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. We must do the same works and greater, Jesus said. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And we can do that under the grace, the mercy, and the power of the Holy Spirit if you indeed are born again and can demonstrate the power of God so that the unbeliever in front of you will believe, amen, in Christ's name. Raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, healing the sick, these things are signs to the unbeliever, not signs to the believer. It should be no surprise to the believer that these things should happen and can happen because this is something that we already believe has been paid for by Jesus and is what Jesus expects to happen. And so it should be no surprise to us when it does. It's the unbeliever who is astonished by what they see or what they feel when the pain leaves, when the cancer's gone, when they see someone raised from the dead. That is a sign to the unbeliever. That is a sign that God is real. He is true. He is loving. And he wants them redeemed and reconciled. He loves them. And he wants to help them in this situation. And after redeeming them, he wants to show them through his fivefold ministry, the pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, and so on, through the fivefold ministry, teaching the saints, equipping the saints according to the word of God, God wants to show them who he is and that he wants them reconciled back to him, spirit, soul, and body, but also to understand who they are in him, who they are as a new creation. And where is this new creation coming from? When you're born again, God gives you a brand new spirit. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. That's out of the modern English version, the MEV. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. That is a brand new species. We are born again. We are born for the second time. First time we were born out of our mother's womb, and the second time we are born of a new spirit. We still have the same body. We still have the same soul. But our spirit is brand new. But that is key. Because you are the spirit inside your body. You are that spirit. And when God gives you, uh, regenerates your, new, your spirit, it is new. 
and old things are passed away. That means you are no longer succumbed to the the law of this uh, of the spirit of sin and death, but you are now uh, you are now abiding by the law of life in Christ Jesus. That's the life that has overcome death. It's overcome the world. Amen. So today you are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and the new has come. All things have become new. So you can do away with any old thinking of your past and move on. Amen. Because God does not want you to live in the past. He wants you to live in the live in today. He doesn't want you to even think about the future too much. He wants to live in the now with you because he is in the now inside of you. Amen. So be encouraged today, brethren, brothers and sisters of Christ today, that you have overcome the world and the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. First John chapter 5, verse 4. As we look back in Colossians 2, as we have been going through quite slowly, but it's important to go through this verse by verse so that we can understand the truth of the Word of God about who you are now that you are alive in Christ. Remember, we, we talked about verse 6 in chapter 2, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Remember, a week or two ago, we were talking about what it means to be rooted, like that tree planted by the waters. Verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Remember that people are either born again or they're not born again. If they're not born again, they are being manipulated to different degrees by Satan and his works and by influencing them, trying to suggest things to them to keep them blinded from receiving the truth. And so even once somebody becomes born again, you also have to take everything that they say about the Lord and you need to match it up with Scripture. Does it line up with Scripture, what they're telling you? Seek the Lord on what they told you and see if that lines up with God's nature. This is why it's so important to uh, read the Word, spend time with the Lord, and get to know Him, because only once you know Him will you be able to tell the difference between something that you know your Lord Jesus or your your Heavenly Father would agree with. Compare that to what you're being told. And if you're being told in church or if you're being told in the streets where you live, in conversation with other people, of how good God is and different things about the Lord, you will know whether that's true or not, and things that the Lord, uh, the people say about the Lord, based on your understanding of the Lord, based which is based on the time that you spend with Him, and the time in His Word. So it's important that you continue to to read the truth of the Word of God, so that you know you can tell the difference and you can discern if you're being deceived or not. And it's important that. Uh, we're no longer being deceived as Christians because we were deceived all the time we were not Christians. All the time we spent in our life, the many years in bondage, uh, in walking in sin, walking uh, really like dead men walking, not knowing 
um, that we were being deceived and being blinded by the enemy. Praise the Lord for us, our redemption. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for our redemption today, our reconciliation, our rescue from under the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. So see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, that means Christ, in verse 9 there, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That means the entire deity of God dwells in Christ. And you, verse 10, and you have been filled in him. So in him you have been filled. You are in God. God's in you. You're in Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. There is no separation anymore between you and the Lord like there was after the Garden of Eden situation in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, where we, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, sinned by eating of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Sin separated us from God, and it continues to separate those who don't know the Lord from Him. But there is no separation anymore for those who know Him and have given their life to Jesus and allow Jesus into their heart and believing in his name, believing in God and confessing him as Lord. There is no separation anymore. And that's the undeserved favor that we have received, the undeserved grace of God. No one, no matter what you do, no matter what benevolent activities, what good you do, however much you give to a particular ministry, it, nothing will pay your way into heaven or into God's good books. You're already in his good books because you rec- because he loves you. He loves you tremendously more than you could ever understand. But you're one of his children now. You're a son or daughter growing up. Amen. Into the fullness of Christ. And that's God's calling on your life. If you ever wondered what your calling is, there is not a different calling for every person upon this earth. People get this confused. There's one calling, and it's to grow up into Christ, into the fullness of Him. Amen? So that people will not be able to tell the difference between you and Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that you become God, but it means that you become as He is. So are you in this world, according to Scripture. As He is, so are we in this world. And that is not a blasphemous thing, and it is Holy Scripture right out of the Bible And Jesus uh, wants us to do the same works and greater as him. Obviously, with God working through us. Amen. We cannot do it without him. And God cannot reach his creation without you and I and everyone else who is a believer. That's why we have to be so obedient to the Great Commission. So, back to scripture here. Verse 10, And you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. So, if you are born again, and you're in him, and he's in you, and he, Jesus, is the head of all rule and authority, well, if he's the head of all rule and authority, that means no one else, such as Satan, can have any rule or authority over you. Satan may have had rule and authority over you when you were not born again, when you had Satan as your, uh, as your father, okay? 
But that is not possible anymore if you're born again, because now, remember, the Scripture says that God translated you. He trans he moved you from out of the powers of darkness into, into the kingdom of his beloved Son. So you are now property of God. You are now property of Christ. And he is the head of all rule and authority. So that means no devil, no demon, no Satan have any authority or rule over you anymore. He will. He has the ability to try and convince you and persuade you through thoughts that you receive from him, that you are still the same person you were five years ago uh, when you messed up, when you sinned. And if the devil can convince you that nothing has changed, then nothing in you will perceive that nothing has changed. And whatever you believe is going to be true for you in your daily life. This is why so many believers, so many Christians are walking around basically no different from the day before they gave their life to Christ. But compared to wherever, the, you know, the, the walk that they had before they came to Christ. They may have a brand new spirit if they truly confessed Jesus as Lord and continue to do that and believe God raised him from the dead. But their mind will, uh, their, their, their soul, which is their mind, will, and emotions, it's still thinking the same way because the enemy is continuing to give them thoughts that aren't, are not true based on who they are now in Christ. They're a new identity, their new creation that they are. And if they do not read the word of God, they do not believe who they are and they do not walk as they are, they will never act that way. They will never be able to tell that the lies of the enemy are lies. And they will continue to have problems in their daily lives because they will believe that this is basically what it is to be born again. But the enemy wants to try to keep us from finding out who we are in Christ because he doesn't want us to walk free that, that we are. We are free once we are born again. But if the enemy can convince you that you're not, and you believe that, and you don't know the truth because you haven't had time to, or haven't spent the time to pick up the Bible and tr truly read the Word of God and research what we've been teaching you and other pastors may be teaching you, then you'll continue to live in this, this deceit. You will continue to be deceived because all the time you haven't read the Word, all the time you haven't found out the truth, you'll be walking in the understanding that you had before. And the enemy knows what you've been understanding. He's been watching you. He watches all of us. He continually watches all of us. And he knows what we understand and he knows what we don't understand. So he will continue to reinforce those beliefs that you have, those ones that are not true according to the word of God. And they become strongholds because a stronghold is simply a belief that is built up over time with many, many layers of, of misunderstanding. And it's the wrong understanding. So we need to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ so that we may examine everything that we're trying to think about to see if it lines up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't God who taught you that scripture. It wasn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't God that taught you that thought. It wasn't God that gave you that thought. He wants to have you read his truth. 
His word, and His word is true. It's yes and amen. And so it's key. Again, so many programs we have spent on this to just try and encourage you to spend time and research your identity in Christ because it makes every bit of difference in your life. Amen. And it goes on to say, in uh, at the end of uh, at the end of verse ten. Uh, who is the head of all rule and authority? Well, if we think about it, if Jesus is all is the head of all rule and authority, and you're in Him, uh, Christ has actually allowed you to use His name. in In the name of Jesus, you can speak to the mountain, not doubt in your heart, whatever mountain is in front of you, and you can cast it into the sea. If you don't doubt that what you say shall come to pass, you can command pain to go in someone's body. You can command pain to go in your own body. You can command cancers and tumors to die, to shrivel up inside of your body in the name of Jesus, because you are in him. He is in you. And remember that every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus is above all names. And Jesus wants you to do the same works and greater as he did while he was walking the earth, And Christ wants to work through you. God wants to work through you. So you speak and God backs it up. But understand that by reading the word of God, you get an understanding of God's nature and his character. And you see Jesus as an example walking the earth about what we should do in a given situation. If we see something that we wouldn't find in heaven, we correct it in Jesus' name. We lay hands on the sick. We cast out devils. We teach people about the kingdom of God. We teach people about the goodness of the Lord, the mercy and the grace and the love of Christ, and we correct things on the earth as we would expect to see them in heaven. Remember, Jesus said to pray, thy will 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 be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He told his disciples to pray that prayer. And if there was not a need for God's will to be done on the earth, if there was no need for that, then he would not have told his disciples to pray it. If, and secondly, if God's will was automatically done on the earth all the time, that still wouldn't have been another re- a reason for Jesus to tell his disciples to pray that. So this in itself shows us that it's necessary for us to exert the power of the name of Jesus over a situation so that God's will will be done on earth as it would be in heaven in that situation in front of you. Amen. So we are to use the name of Jesus to correct things on the earth. And we need to do it in his power, his power working through us. Amen. And verse uh, 11 says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in a powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. When Jesus was uh, buried, you were buried with him in baptism. And when he was raised, you were raised through, with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. See, that's how you're a new creation. You're a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. Amen. 
You were buried with Christ. You were raised in Christ. Amen. And that is something we need to really think about this week. Uh, As you contemplate these scriptures, as you research these scriptures, as you read them, and you just mull them over, you think about them, you meditate on these scriptures this week. Spend time in Colossians 2. Spend time thinking about who you are in Christ. Spend time with the Lord. Just thank Him for who you now are. It's a miracle. And it's amazing grace. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you right now for this message today. I thank you for the truth of who we are in you. I thank you, Lord, that we're no longer held captive to the chains of our past life before you gave us a new spirit. I thank you, Lord, today that the enemy may think he has uh, his ability and authority and will over us, but, Lord, he, he only has ability. He has no authority. Satan has no authority over us, Lord, now that we are in you, who is the head of all rule and authority. And so we thank you, Lord, today that we can go about speaking your name over situations, declaring a change, and it shall come to pass for the better if we believe that what we say will come to pass and not doubt in our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, today. I speak your life, your healing over this precious listening audience. And I thank you, Lord, right now that whatever sickness, disease they have today, whether it's a small little pain in their foot or there's a cancer situation going on or tumors or or lung failure, I speak healing and wholeness over those body parts right now in Jesus' name, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are on touchofgodradio.org is the website. If you'd like to send us a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. The email address is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. Touchofgodradio at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Touch of God Radio and you'll find us there. Until next week, God bless you and have a blessed week. Amen.